0: Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host, for Nick's Nerd What up fam, welcome back to Nick's Nerd News. I'm your host Nick, because you know, I'm the host because it's my show. You know what I mean? It's like you guys have only had guest hosts like a few times, so obviously, you know I'm going to be here 90 percent of the time. Probably eh, let's go up to 97, right? I mean, in the the amount of shows that we've done and the amount of times you've had a guest host. Anyway, <laughs> let's let's ignore the nonsense, shall we? Welcome to the show. If you've never listened before, where you been? right we're we're over 100 episodes deep here people if 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 you've been listening for years the the 2 years that we've been here welcome back to another episode share it with your friends like subscribe uh you know hit the button on on whatever music podcast source you're listening to or cho- choosing from you know it's it's uh it's easy you know it doesn't take a lot of energy you just click tap push whatever you do With whatever you're using, a computer, a phone, a tablet, a... I don't know. I don't know where people listen to podcasts anymore. In in your car? Somewhere, right? Well, anyway, it's September. It's the 30th. It's the end of the month. We're that much closer to the launch of Next Gen. And movie theaters are slowly opening, but there's not really movies to see. And unfortunately, I got I missed the one thing I wanted to do. I think they're still in theaters, and that's go see Empire Strikes Back in theaters because it's something I've never done before. Obviously, because the film came out, you know, eleven years before I was born, and in '97, I don't think my love of Star Wars had reached its its like peak. I was six, so I barely knew what was going on. Right. So obviously, you know, obviously, I, I don't even remember going to you know episode 1 in theaters i barely remember going to episode 2 the first like the first star wars movie i actually remember going to see in the theaters is episode 3 and granted i somewhat remember 2 and and i was a lot younger obviously but i do want to go see it in theaters and we're getting off hand let's let's <laughs> you know we're not uh, yeah we'll talk about movies but but Video games are always first here at Nixter News, and and you guys know that. Uh, some of you might not, uh, obviously. But anyway, let let's let's talk about obviously what the biggest news of the week last week was. And on Monday, and very early Monday, I'll I'll add like I woke up to this news. So six thirty, six forty five a.m. Pacific. I woke up along with a lot of the rest of the world to the news that Microsoft had purchased ZeniMax Media. Um, if you guys are unfamiliar with ZeniMax, that, that's, it's Bethesda. It's Bethesda, essentially. You know, Bethesda Games, Id, soft, uh, Id Software, pretty much everything. Fallout, well, all of their stuff. So, Fallout, Wolfenstein, uh, uh, Oblivion, or not Oblivion, Elder Scrolls, and all, all that stuff. You know, Doom. That is all now property of Microsoft. Xbox came out, big dick energy, you know, swinging dick moves, and just was like, all right, we'll just plop down and point, pay $7.5 billion. $7.5 billion for ZeniMax Media. And it is one of the largest acquisitions in, in history, actually. They're like in the top it's in like the top 5. Hold on, I'm pulling it up right now cuz I didn't commit it to memory where it was, but it it's it's outrageous. So here it is. It is number 5 in largest acquisitions of the last 20 years. Number 1, AT&T purchased Time Warner Cable for 85 billion. Disney purchased 20th Century Fox last year for 71.3 billion. Microsoft bought LinkedIn a few years back for 26. Facebook bought WhatsApp for 22 then Microsoft and Bethesda followed by Disney and Pixar, Disney Lucasfilm, Disney Marvel, Apple Beats, Microsoft Minecraft, Google YouTube, Facebook and Instagram. So it is insane. Insane to think what was paid for this stuff and 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 it it's it's just crazy that it it's it they paid this much, but granted they're getting a whole bunch of fucking shit to be exclusive for them. So of course, you know it's it's worth that money that they paid, and and it, it, it's it's. I don't know if it's gonna sway the needle for a lot of people who are maybe on the fence about next gen. Granted that whole bullshit of Xbox has no games can pretty much go out the window at this point, but it, it it's. It's crazy to think that Microsoft now owns the Elder Scrolls and and all that. Um, with that being said, though, they did say that Bethesda will run semi-independently. Uh, Phil Spencer confirmed. They were all talking, you know, uh, uh, Todd Howard, Pete Hines, all the head top people at, at Bethesda. And it will say, uh, speaking to CNET, Phil Spencer said, Uh, Quote, it is about the culture of those teams. They're not about becoming us. Uh, I didn't specify. He said, quote, we're still working on the same games we were yesterday. Oh, sorry. This is Pete Hines, SVP of Global Marketing. Quote, we're still working on the same games we were yesterday, made by the same studios we've worked with for years. And those games will be published by us, unquote. So it looks like they're still going to be self-publishing, technically. Uh, They're not going to be necessarily part of Xbox Game Studios right away. Uh, so that brings their total studio's own to 23. And uh, no word yet on if though all their games are going to be exclusive. Elder Scrolls Online is staying uh, cross-platform. Uh, Phil said uh, something about that they will be uh, exclusive on a case-by-case basis. No word yet on on... I'm sure the Elder Scrolls and Fallout and stuff will probably stay... Todd Howard probably isn't going anywhere soon. A lot of people think I wonder a lot of people have been floating around maybe because Warner Brothers took their Warner Brothers Interactive off the table if Microsoft was just like, "Okay, we'll just buy Bethesda, but no, this deal has been in the works for a long time. You just don't decide to buy a company for seven point five billion dollars in a month and get it done. you know but it it's it's an interesting thing for sure, and it it is a massive massive upheaval in the games industry which will change the game industry for a very 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 long time and I wonder moving forward how things will go so they're going to honor the exclusive deals that Bethesda already signed with with Sony in regards to Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo which again are timed exclusivity granted these games A lot of these future games from Bethesda, they probably won't be on PlayStation, but they'll more than likely be on PC. And essentially what this does, along with the other studios that Microsoft owns, they are essentially the home of Western RPGs, as most people will now point out, In Exile, makers of Wasteland and and some others, Oblivion, you know, who made Fallout New Vegas, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2, as well as the Pillars of Eternity games. And now they own Bethesda. Oblivion, or they, they make, sorry, Obsidian is the studio, not Oblivion. Oblivion is an Elder Scrolls game, Elder Scrolls 4. But essentially, what this is, is now Microsoft is home to Fallout and the Elder Scrolls and Starfield, which is forthcoming. So, they are the place to play Western RPGs. And short of Sony buying, like, Square Enix or Capcom or Sega, I mean, Sony will more than likely be the home of 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 eastern RPGs JRPGs Japanese RPGs. I don't think Sony is going to go out and buy those. They don't have that kind of capital. Yes, they have a lot of money, but do they have that much is is the question. But are they willing to to fork that over to stake their claim is is another question. How this will will change the landscape is yet to be seen, but it will for sure. And it will definitely drive the conversation in different ways. People are already saying they better get Fallout New Vegas too, considering that Obsidian and, and and uh, you know, the Fallout franchise are now all under one roof under Microsoft, so and to see them play around with each other that didn't come out right. Anyway, to see other studios now take advantage of of the development kits from other from the Bethesda studios can also be wide ranging as well, so I forget which podcast it was that I was listening to it was It was either from i g n or the verge or or somewhere, but when Microsoft buys a studio, their engine their game engine essentially is put into like a file that's shared with everybody so essentially, what could happen is eventually you could get a uh spin off halo game made in the in idtech you know from id software id software which is essentially the doom engine uh, as as you guys would know it now and that would be crazy like a like a ODST 2 in idtech would look amazing and it would play amazing it wouldn't play like halo though so that it, it's like uh, what do you want to do in that instance. Some people are like, oh, they should use it for Infinite, and I'm like, no, they just built a brand new fucking engine for Infinite, which looks and plays nice, it's just, the art direction is what's wrong that people don't like. And then, hopefully, um, you know, Todd Howard and Bethesda will take other people's engines for Elder Scrolls. What? I didn't say anything. <laughs> but, but of course, that is the biggest news. That That's like a fucking nuke going off, Right? Speaking of Fallout, th- this is just like this blew up the industry, essentially, because it changes everything. You have to wonder: are, is EA on the table? Is Activision on the table? No, because those are meg, giant fucking corporations. Like, there's no way, there's no way that that Microsoft could buy EA games. They're they're just, they're too big. They're too big, and. It, they're they're almost actually what? Granted, assets eight billion. Actually. I'm just looking at EA. Maybe they could buy EA. I don't know. I really don't know, because it it's 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 insane to think that Zenimax is off the table because it, I don't know. It's insane. You know what? No, I think EA's. EA's probably like 10 or more. But it it is a large company and it's a publisher, so it's it's not even just like a studio, it's a publisher and they had their own their own eight studios. So they get Alpha Dog Games, which is mobile. They get Arcane Studios who made Prey most recently and Dishonored. They're getting Bethesda Softworks, which makes, you know, Fallout and Elder Scrolls id software which is doom machine games which is uh wolfenstein roundhouse studios who i'm not super familiar with tango gameworks who makes the evil within and they're making ghostwire tokyo and then xenomax online studios which is elder scrolls online and i think i think uh, uh fallout 76 but it it's it's crazy to think of what they just purchased because it's 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 crazy. It's crazy if you really sit down and think about it. All of this stuff is now under Microsoft, and the, these games have a long history with Microsoft to begin with. Because going back to Morrowind, uh, Morrowind, which was Elder Scrolls Three, was an Xbox exclusive, and it was uh, a feat, a technical feat, to even get it to run on a, cons- a console. So it it, it it's it's crazy it's crazy to think of all this stuff that they're doing but I'm just I'm in I'm in shock and a lot of people still are and yeah man and rage I didn't even think about that rage now a lot of these games will be on game pass so it's 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 drives the value of game pass up and to get game pass so it's wow dude Wow, it's crazy. Even a week later, just thinking about it, it it's, it's, it's nuts just to think about and the, the future and the possibilities that are there. But I just I wonder I wonder what will happen in the end and I wonder what stays exclusive or what stays cross-platform, what goes exclusive and, and things like that because it's going to shape how people purchase their consoles for quite a while. Which brings us to our next con- topic... Purchasing consoles. Last Tuesday, you were able to finally, finally pre-order Xbox Series X. So it had been about five days since you could pre-order a, if you could, since from when you could pre-order PlayStation Five. As I lose my thoughts there. Now, Microsoft gave us all the benefit of the doubt by announcing a time. Uh, unfortunately, it was still a clusterfuck. Not as bad, because, you know, people could actually line up at stores and go to physical stores ahead of time. Uh, They went live at 8 a.m. Pacific last week on Tuesday, and I had several browser tabs open for different websites, uh, GameStop, Amazon, Target, Best Buy. I unsuccessfully attempted for about half an hour it took me to get through any site, ultimately making it through on GameStop, so I I did secure a pre-order. I know many people that didn't. Amazon's page was broken for a while, like it didn't even go live right away. Best Buy was there, but it was just, everything was slow. A lot of the websites crashed. Target was a joke. Walmart was a joke. And it's, it's frustrating because I couldn't go to a GameStop, and I was seeing a lot of posts online saying GameStop's only had like a certain number, some, certain number of each each console, and if you didn't get there in time and didn't line up, you were pretty much screwed. And even if you wanted a Series X, you might not get it, and you'd be forced to get an S, which they had ultimately a lot less of. Which is coming true about the the PlayStation Digital too that they're the digital versions are like unicorns. They're calling them because they're they have ultimately less of them, which kind of reflected on the retailer websites as well. But it, it it's frustrating because you don't think that this is going to happen, right? And they did say that more consoles will become available at launch. Uh, Microsoft did say that they would... They thanked everybody. It hit number one on Amazon, I'm surprised by. It hit number one on a lot of websites. It, but but these websites shouldn't have crashed, for one. It's 20-fucking-20. 20 20. But but what the problem is, and a lot of people were talking about it, it's, it's a lot of bots and resellers, and they're just coming in and scooping shit up before regular people can. And it happened with NVIDIA. Because as soon as the new G- RTX 30 series launched, they were gone in minutes. Because bots and people just came in and scooped them up. And it's like you can't even... Regular consumers can't even buy them. So much so, and, and people think bots are behind this, the Xbox One X sales spike spiked on Tuesday last week. According to Amazon, there was a 747% jump on Xbox One X's, yeah, that's that's the previous one. The uh, it's the the system I use. It's not the regular Xbox One, but the the One X. And a lot of people are like, oh, it's just people confused. It's like, no, the people buying consoles at eight AM, people in line on websites buying, are the diehard early adopters who know what the fuck they're doing. They're not buying the wrong fucking console. They're not stupid, right? It's it's the bots that probably weren't prioritized right or written properly, and it's like, oh Xbox X, blah, 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 and just clicking through and buying, right? Well, screw that. Those people are screwed, and I'm happy the bots got screwed. Aren't taking consoles from people who deserve it or who really wanted it. You know what I mean? Not people that are gonna sell it on the aftermarket for like a a hundred percent increase, and and those people just don't deserve defense of any kind. Yes, I get it. That's the way the market works. But it's like, no, fuck those people because they're screwing over the people that want it and have the money but don't have the money to pay $1,500 for it because they're not going to play it. They're just buying it to sell it. And it's just like... I don't know. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. It should not have taken 20 minutes online. I can understand if I waited 20 minutes in in a, a line of people... I just hope that in the future shit like this doesn't happen. You know what I mean? It's, it's, I don't want this to happen in the future and it being a pandemic. And obviously, you know, I probably would have been in line at GameStop at, at 8am. If, if I could get the day off from work or at least the morning off from work, you know what I mean? But it, it's not always possible to do stuff like that and you got to do it online. But if, if, if the websites are not able to handle this amount of volume then it needs to be i don't want to say a lottery system cuz that screws people over too but maybe just and and granted the pandemic has exacerbated things and more people are home gaming than ever before and like a what i talked about it a couple weeks ago like a billion people play video games now so yes I don't think they would have ever been able to fully satisfy demand Sony or Microsoft. And 2020 has just fucked up supply chains and everything in general. And Amazon is sending out emails saying they might not be able to to get your console on launch day for either one. And it's like, what the fuck, Amazon? It's the middle of November. What's going on that you can't get me a console? And it's like, well, maybe shit's going on that it's they're not even going to have it in time and then it goes back to like whoa what huh which then may- maybe makes you think maybe we should have just delayed the consoles till next year and released in early spring i mean look at nintendo they fucking gangbusters with switch releasing in march but at the same time i, I don't i don't know i don't know what you do to fix this i don't know what how to how to make it easier maybe you have to buy through only the the company right away like maybe you can only go through Sony and Microsoft at first and then the other retailers get it at a later point in time maybe their dedicated fan base like people with x amount of trophies on on Sony side and people with gamer score at x and above get first dibs and like yeah i get that's a it's like is that fair yes and no at the same time because obviously Obviously people with like a gamer score above a certain amount are being like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm getting this Xbox day one. And people with a certain amount of trophies are, yes, I'm getting PS5 day one. So it's like those are the people you want to make sure you get your new product uh, into their hands. But at the same time, it's like, but what about people that maybe don't play as much but still want it? And I'm not talking about the people that buy just like Madden every year and Call of Duty every year. Like those people, yes, that's the general populace probably of most gamers and they're not necessarily adopting and getting the newest console day in day, day in date on launch. They'll probably get it within the launch window, which is the first couple months or within the launch year, like first year. But I'm talking about like people like me, people like the guy who's got like a million gamer score, people the like industry games journalists who might not be able to get it from their work and things like that. It's like those people uh content creators People on Twitch. People on YouTube. Like you want them to be able to get it first. If you're not going to send them a free one for marketing purposes. So it's like. it It's this weird balance. That you have to figure out how to handle. And hopefully. Eight years from now. When the next consoles are coming out. Seven, eight years from now. We, we're not going through something where people can't go out and wait in line. And it's not going to be 90% online. You know what I mean? So. It, it's definitely something to think about. And it it hopefully... Just like I said last week. If you got an Xbox Series X or an S Series S. Props to you man. Well deserved. If you didn't, I'm sorry. Hopefully you don't have to wait long. Hopefully they're available at launch or sooner. And you can get them pre-ordered online. And and it just... Hopefully it's not like PlayStation 5. Where nobody fucking knows when they're going to come back in. So it, it's it's definitely a interesting thing for sure and definitely something fun to revisit in in a few years and we're just gonna stay on on xbox here for a second so microsoft announced when they announced like the full console stuff a couple months back uh that they were getting special seagate expansion cards that are expandable storage cards that are essentially memory cards uh well, we finally know the price and little cost prohibitive they're for one terabyte. They're for an SSD NVMe SSD card. Uh, they're two twenty, and yes, I know they're one company and Seagate's not exactly cheap and 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 official branded, so they're going to be a little more. From what I've seen posted that on in different groups and things like that on online that I'm part of, that I guess it's com- very comparable to like what that would cost if you were buying that same SSD for like a computer. And, and this is like a new technology. And by no means, by no means are they required. Microsoft has never said they re- are required. They are expandable storage and only required for next-gen games to run the velocity architecture or whatever they're calling for, for you to get full next-gen capability. So so they really are only required after you fill the one terabyte SSD that is in the console. Which, given 4K textures on games, <laughs> you might fill up pretty quickly. But but you can keep all of your Xbox 1 and 360 and backwards compatible Xbox games on like a on your uh normal HDD expansion dr- drive like if you have one now for your Xbox you just plug and play no issue but if you want full next gen capabilities you will need these expansion cards which are like I said are 220 a piece they won't be required at all like I said it's 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 only for expandable memory so you can always delete games and revisit them later Uh, unless you want these but what i will say is if you're buying a series s which is what 512 gigs and then you go and buy this as expansion you're then automatic you're already paying more than it was for a series x and and granted people buying a series s might not necessarily be buying a shit ton of games to fill up that 500 right away because that's I mean, granted, if it's Call of Duty, that's one-fifth, right? And now we're learning that the hard drive on the... Or the, the solid-state drive, excuse me, because it's not a hard drive. It's not a hard disk drive. The, the SSD on the Xbox Series X, 200 gigs, essentially, is being used for the operating system and things like that, which, a lot. But... What what's happening? It's not just the operating system; it's a, lo- a lot of everything else. But so you have about eight hundred to use, and and granted, games are usually in the sixty to seventy range about now. Depending, some games are smaller, some are bigger. Obviously, just depends on on what's going on. But this is something that I probably won't be purchasing for at least six months. I don't foresee myself needing this right away. Granted, it comes down to what the size of these games end up being. Uh, Like Valhalla, Assassin's Creed will be probably quite large. I wonder what NBA 2K next-gen will be. I wonder what Call of Duty next-gen will be. And I'm trying to think of games I'm getting that are going to have those next-gen enhancements. So AC, Call of Duty, NBA, I'll get Gods of Phoenix. Is that it? I th- I'm saying that name wrong. But anyway, you know what I mean. The Ubisoft game. Uh, I'm mostly Ubisoft. <laughs> mostly Ubisoft games this year. Um, the, the games all have... I hate the... GameStop updated their app and it doesn't fucking have their pre-order. Like, I don't know where the fuck to find my pre-orders anymore. And it's very fucking frustrating that I have to go online to do it. But... Uh, and Xbox Series X enhanced games. So, Watch Dogs, which will probably be in the seventy-plus range, Valhalla, which will probably in the seventy-plus range, NBA, which is probably in the sixty range, Call of Duty, which could get upwards of a hundred, Cyberpunk, which the full Series X stuff isn't coming till later, so you know it's interesting for sure. It will have smart delivery. It's not essentially. It's not officially the Xbox Series X version. Uh, like the other ones will be, because those games like Valhalla is technically Series X. Right away, I I don't know how these things work, but no one does really. But it it it's gonna be interesting for sure, and I'm gonna be filling that stuff up quite quickly, if if I think so, and. I just, I'm very concerned about how this will go. And I just, I hate that it costs so much for that. And it's just one terabyte. But it's this new technology and it's an SSD. And it's it's not like a SSD plug USB one. You know, it's this new fangled contraption that they made. That's just a memory card in, in 2020. So, it it's... I don't know. I don't know what to say because it sucks that it costs that much, but I understand at the same time. So I I don't want to fight it, but I'm not in love with it either because a two terabyte HDD is a hundred bucks. Right? So, and a four terabyte HDD is 125 about from Seagate. So they know what they're doing, but again, those are not. They're not SSDs. These are HDDs. And HDDs have been around forever and are a lot cheaper, right? And if I remember correctly, because I remember they came out with an expandable SDD, and I can't find it right now, but I know that they were not cheap, if I remember correctly. And, like,. A 5 terabyte HDD is 149 right? So it, it's, it's interesting for sure. Yeah, here we go. I found it. A 1 terabyte SSD external hard drive for Xbox One from Seagate is $203. So in reality, it's not much different, right? And it's a new technology. So it makes sense. It makes sense. And if you need it for next gen, so be it. So yeah, it's pricey, but at the end of the day it's not a lot. It's just it's a lot if you're getting a series S because they'll they'll need that expandable storage a lot sooner than they would if you're getting a, Siri, a series X. So like I can go a whole lot longer with my 1 terabyte uh, series X than I will would on like the 512 series S. So, it it's just something you gotta think about when. Oh, are they available again? No, they are not. Anyway, <laughs> it it's something you gotta think about. It's something to consider. And granted, right now you can't really um, pre-order consoles again. But it it's definitely something to keep in the back of your mind. Like I said, but. It's not out of realism. It's not overpriced. It's it's just... Do people, do people rush out and get them right away? Do you wait? I'm going to wait because I don't fucking need it right away. I know that. I won't need it until the spring at least. And my question is, how is PlayStation going to handle this? Because we don't know how much of their smaller SSD is dedicated to... The operating system, because theirs is like 812 or whatever it is. It's that weird amount. And my real concern there is, how is external storage going to work with them? Are you going to be able to replace it like you can uh, on the PS4? I'm guessing yes, more than likely. I, I just... It's a little concerning. It's a little concerning on both ends as games get bigger and bigger and we don't know yet what what that cost will be so in the long run who knows but i just i'm i'm hoping that everyone gets to play games that they want to and other people you know can get those expansion cards at a later date but again it it's Interesting that they didn't go with two terabyte or higher. Cause granted, that that that's a whole other issue because that comes down to price. And uh, I mean, if you put a two terabyte drive in each of these consoles, you're probably driving up the cost another fifty to a hundred bucks because they can get them for cheaper because it's wholesale. And it's like, do you want to go to five fifty? And and it, it it's a lot. It's a lot to consider. So we'll we'll see how things go in the future and what happens on the mid console refresh as usual, and will we get a PS5 Pro? Will we get a Xbox Series X? X? I'm just following their naming conventions. But it, it it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Again, the future's the limit in this instance. But anyway, let's talk about PlayStation 5 a bit more here. As we get deeper and deeper into the reads on what's going on with with Spider-Man and Miles Morales and things like that and and it's a that that's a whole mess on its own it it's it's becoming more convoluted than it needs to be and a lot of people have been talking about this so your save files from PS4 won't work if you get it on PS5 the remaster is PS5 only you can't I, if you buy the Miles Morales on PS4... You can't get the PS5... It It's just like a lot of confusion. And it will have... it the, the remaster will have it's own separate trophy list. So like it's being counted as like a different game. And you can't continue from the PS4 version. Which I don't understand why the save won't... Why they did that. The remastered is not getting a physical release... And you can only get a digital voucher or a digital download depending on which version of Miles Morales you get. Um, and while Miles Morales was always touted as a PS5 only game, it is coming to PS4. It will launch on launch day. It will have an upgrade, next gen upgrade path for people who only buy the PS4 version. Which is probably ultimately going to be me because I don't know when I'm getting a PS5 just yet. And there's, like, helpful tools on on how to upgrade and how to get it. And it's just... It's more broken than it should be. And I don't know why. So, uh, per Sony, that the only way to get Spider-Man remastered is buying Miles Morales Ultimate Edition for PS5, which is, like, 70 bucks, Or... If you get the Miles Morales for PS4, you can play the PS5 version at no cost, but you can get the remastered for additional twenty bucks. Which I think it still works out to be like 70 bucks. So per Sony, this is exact full quote from them. Marvel Spider-Man Remastered is an enhanced version of Marvel's Spider-Man and is not included as part of Miles Morales Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales Ultimate Edition for the PlayStation 5. In addition, players who purchase Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales on PlayStation 4... Oh, is included, sorry. Anyway. In addition, players who purchase Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales on PlayStation 4 can upgrade, asterisk, at no additional cost to the PS5 version of Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales and take advantage of a paid upgrade to download Marvel's Spider-Man Remastered. There are no plans currently to offer Miles, Marvel's Spider-Man Remastered as a standalone. Players with a copy of Mar- Marvel's Spider-Man for PS4 can purchase... Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales Ultimate Edition to experience the Marvel Spider-Man remastered on PS5, Marvel Spider-Man for PS4 also will be backwards compatible on PS4, PS5. Own, uh and then per the asterisk, owners of the Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales PS4 game disc can access this offer by inserting the disc into their PS5 console. PS4 game disc owners who buy the PS5 digital edition disc-free console will not be able to access this offer. So, let me get this straight. You got one console maker on one side saying, Oh, you're getting the new console? Here's a free upgrade to the that version of that game. Whereas, if you have Spider-Man on PlayStation, you're kind of fucked. And you gotta buy Miles Morales and a more pricey edition to get the remaster of a PS4 game on PS5. Yeah, that's really fucking shitty. It's shitty, yes. Yes, it is. But at the same time, when you are the market leader, you can make these decisions and then watch your market lead fatal... Fade away, fade away. No, I'm kidding. And and you know what? Let them do whatever they want. They can do whatever they want. Does it suck for people? Yeah, it sucks for people. But most people getting PS5 probably don't give a shit at the end of the day. And it's it's just a, a confusing, muddled mess that doesn't jive with the whole like messaging that they've been putting out this whole time. And it it just, it's confusing for people and, and it's going to happen. It's just going to happen and it sucks, but clean up the message and maybe don't make people buy a super more expensive version of game of a game to get a remastered version of a game from like two years ago, or maybe just release it standalone and just be done with the mess. I, that I think would be the better Option, I I don't know, man. I don't know anymore. It's just like, can we just get it like a definite answer and just stop giving mixed messages all over the place and just figure it out? I don't know, man. That's that's what I'm... (laughs) I don't have the answers, right? I'm not an executive, so... But, moving on. Uh, Jeff Keighley has announced the date for the Game Awards this year. They will still take place. We're not losing the Game Awards this year. Jeff Keely has announced they will take place on December 10th of this year. And they will uh, be broadcast live from London, Tokyo, and Los Angeles. Or was it New York and... Anyway, Tokyo for sure, LA for sure, the third city. I don't know. But the Game Awards, uh, Jeff Keeley promised it's going to be its biggest yet. I wonder how production value is going to work over Zoom. But it will take place... December 10th, I wonder what big stuff is going to be announced. I wonder what big stuff's going to get shown off. I wonder what's going to win game of the year. Probably Last of Us 2. What? I'm sorry, did did I say something? Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm just predicting. But, <laughs> but December 10th, keep your eyes peeled. I'm sure more details will come sooner about timing and probably on every platform as per, per usual every year. And then our final bit of gaming news today is Amazon has officially entered the game streaming war, if that's what you want to call it. And they have announced the Amazon Luna. Uh, It's a a lot similar to Stadia from what I can tell, except theirs will be a little different in terms of you're going to be able to subscribe to gaming, I guess, uh, like companies? In their channels? But anyway, Amazon Luna, it is a cloud gaming service. It will stream games to PC, Mac, and Fire TV devices, as well as apps for iPhone and iPad. Android is coming soon. Uh, Essentially is a direct competitor to Stadia, so I wonder if it will come to Android. Uh, It will have game channels, like I said, which you can subscribe to. And uh, it will have its own channel called the Luna Game Channel which will have Amazon games as well as uh, launch games like Resident Evil 7, Control, A Plague Tale, and Ukulele for $5.99 a month. 4K resolution at 60 frames per second for select titles. Uh, You can play on two devices simultaneously. Uh, Ubisoft has announced they will have a channel. You'll have access to their games day and date, 4K resolution and mobile gameplay. No mention on their channel. So... Uh, Per Amazon, quote, the first of multiple Luna game channels in development where customers can play games from their favorite publishers and genres, unquote. Uh, It will have integration with Twitch, since Amazon owns them. Uh, Amazon said, quote, players will see Twitch streams for games in the service, and from Twitch, they'll be able to instantly start playing Luna games, unquote. That's actually kind of cool. Google doesn't have that. And, uh... Their controller looks almost like a Stadia controller, but they have the offset joysticks. And it will have... Uh, it is Alexa-enabled in the controller. It connects directly to Fire TV devices to reduce latency. The controller is available for 50 bucks during early access. Uh, you can also use mouse and keyboard or other Bluetooth, Bluetooth gaming controllers. Uh, you can sign up for early access now. No idea when it will launch. Um, but... This is essentially, Microsoft knew this was coming and that's why Game Pass and Project X Cloud or whatever they call it now, game streaming is a thing. They don't see PlayStation as a competitor anymore. They know their competitors are now Google and Amazon and whoever else wants to get in the streaming ring. Which is also kind of why Microsoft went to Sony and said, hey, do you want to use your cloud services uh, do you want to take them off Amazon and go on to our Azure platform? Which you know, obviously they both know who their competitors in the future are. It's, Nintendo is not a competitor. Nintendo is just off doing their own thing, doesn't bother anybody, and and just exists. Right? <laughs> it's 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 Amazon and Google who are trying to 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 muscle their way in, and I totally see Apple doing so in in the future as well, or trying to. Granted, Google, I don't know how long they'll be around, because I don't know how is doing, because they push that bad boy like there's no tomorrow. The fact that it's free to try now, of all the ads I've been seeing on TV and online, you kind of have to wonder. Luna, though, I wonder how that will do, because as opposed to Google, Amazon actually owns their own game studios, right? They make their own games already. So it'll be interesting to see... The stream wars, the game stream wars, how they go, as the traditional console is uh, essentially phased out and we switch to streaming only. But that is it for gaming news this week. I know we spent a lot of time talking about just a little bit of topics, but trying to streamline some things here at Nickster News so we're not just getting into the reads on anything anymore, but let's talk about some stuff going on in TV land for a bit, shall we? Uh, if you're a big fan of the Arrowverse, like I am, granted I don't watch every show in the Arrowverse, but Supergirl will end with its current season, season 6, and my guess is it's to move out of the way for Superman and Lois. So that, while I don't know, is that a major blow? I feel like Supergirl was like the least watched of the shows, and it Already had issues because it went from CBS and then down to the CW, but uh, Supergirl will end and I'm guessing that Stargirl is going to take its place, if not Superman and Lois when that premieres next year, Oh, when the, the whole Arrowverse comes back next year, I should say. Anyway, um, last week we were talking about Disney Plus and the Marvel shows, and we got our first trailer for WandaVision, which is definitely a psychedelic trip. Through different eras and has a lot of different feels you could see 60s you could see 50s you could see 80s and 90s and it's definitely got like different vibes like the the 50s stuff is like definitely i love lucy style and it looks to be a fun fun little romp through time and especially with vision and, and wanda and i wonder if she's just completely ditching her accent at this point but what's funny is in the trailers you see them wearing like Halloween costumes and they match like their old comics costumes for both the Vision and uh for Wanda, Wanda Maximoff Scarlet Witch. But it definitely is drawing inspiration from the Tom King run of Vision when he had like his family and stuff in what was that? That was just barely a few years ago. Tom King is probably one of the best comic book writers around right now and and he's done a lot of good work for Marvel. He's currently at DC. I praised his uh, Mr... Oh, shoot. What? Um, his Mr. Miracle run. That was probably one of the best comic runs I've, I've read. But... Yeah, WandaVision looks really fun. And it's the first MCU show that's going to be on Disney Plus since Falcon and Winter Soldier got delayed. And that will premiere sometime later this year. Definitely check out the trailer. And its it's going to be a nice... Interesting break of, of pace compared to the rest of the MCU, at least it looks like, because it looks more like a sitcom than anything. And I've uh, got news about the Cassian Andor Star Wars show that it is still coming next year. And it looks like they've tapped Toby Haynes to direct. Uh, he has a history of, of TV directions. And it looks like they did this because the showrunner just has concerns regarding you know, what's going on this year. Since he's in New York and they're filming in London, he'll still serve as showrunner, just he won't be making the trip to... to, um, uh, He won't be making the trip to direct. And Toby Haynes is a veteran director of TV. He has directed quite a few. Uh, He's directed episodes of Doctor Who. He's directed an episode of Sherlock. And he will... uh, He directed episodes of Utopia, which I'm going to talk about in a second because that show was fucking amazing. And... Uh, some Black Mirror episodes as well. So he has—he's no stranger to directing big budget genre stuff. So we're—we should be okay with him directing, casting, Andor. or um, But uh, moving on here from Disney Plus, uh, HBO Max here for a second. John Cena, who was recently announced to be playing Peacemaker in the Suicide Squad sequel is getting his own spin-off series at HBO Max, which will be directed and written by uh, uh, James Gunn. And he'll reprise his role for the show. Like I said, uh, it's, it's going to be called... I, I, he is Peacemaker. He's from Suicide Squad. Uh, he's directing... So James Gunn is writing the series and several episodes. He announced it himself on Twitter... Uh, Peter Safran who's a producer on Suicide Squad will also executive produce the show and yeah that's crazy that he's getting his own show that means his character must be that much liked in the movie that he's worthy of getting his own show granted John Cena is, is turning into an amazing actor and he's just like the next version of The Rock essentially and so James Gunn said Peacemaker is an opportunity to delve into the current world issues through the lens of this superhero supervillain and the world's biggest douchebag. Ba- douche I'm excited to expand the Suicide Squad and bring this character from DC Film Universe to the full breadth of a series, and of course to be able to work again with John, Peter, and my friends at Warner Brothers is icing on the cake. I've said before that this has been a tremendous honor and an incredible opportunity to be part of the Suicide Squad, and to work with James on what is going to be a fantastic movie, said John Cena. I'm unbelievably excited to have the chance to team up with him again for Peacemaker. We can't wait for fans to see this. So, I don't think they give Harley Quinn a series as much as she deserves it. It looks like Peacemaker's going to get one, which is awesome too, because I love John Cena. It'll be interesting to see. Obviously, we don't know if this means he survives the movie or not, since we don't know if this will take place before the movie or after the movie. And no word on if this will interfere with James Gunn's work on Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Because that's a big stickler here as well. Because remember, after he was fired, he jumped ship to go work with DC. And then as that was nearing completion of his project, they are like, Marvel's like, oh, maybe we should bring him back. So, who knows on, on how that's going to affect that moving forward. Um... Sticking with comic book stuff here. Uh, the Boys at Amazon is going to be getting a spin-off series uh, where they go to Superhero College. No word on casting or premiere yet because it was only just announced. So that will be very interesting. The Boys is firing on all cin- cylinders this season. And I'm excited to see where things go. And I wonder if it will have a backdoor thing in Season 2 or series three. Season 3. I do like what they're doing so far and bringing Lamplighter back and uh, bringing him into the fold, so it'll be interesting. If you watch The Boys, you know what I'm talking about. Um, Disney Plus, I know we're kind of jumping back and forth here, but Disney and Disney Plus have announced that a a Nick Fury-focused series will be coming to Disney Plus in the future, and Samuel L. Jackson will star as Nick Fury. More than likely, this will be him working at S.W.O.R.D., which is an offshoot of S.H.I.E.L.D. S.W.O.R.D. will play into the WandaVision show and most people think that's where he was at at the end of Spider-Man Far From Home uh when it was revealed that he was working with the scrolls up in space and uh some just some HBO stuff uh the spin-off from Game of Thrones House of the Dragon has been pushed back to now premiere in 2022 so don't look forward to that in in 2021 at all as they've fully moved that back a full year uh, and then, like I said, uh, I mentioned Utopia. So U- Utopia is a new show on Amazon. It is a remake of a British show about the same concept. It's a a comic book. A group of comic book fans who love this comic book, but also believe it to be like predictor of of actual like diseases and pandemics in the world, and just like this global conspiracy type thing that the the government and and all this stuff kind of know about and don't know about, and and Definitely a show you probably shouldn't be watching in 2020. But at the same time, 2020 is like the perfect year to watch it as well. Uh, Rain Wilson is in it. John Cusack. As well as... I don't think there's a lot of other big name stars in it. I think those are the, the two biggest stars that I would say. And it is definitely a show that I didn't expect to watch. I knocked it out in, in literally... Uh, in two days. Like I watched the whole thing and it's rare for me to sit down and watch a whole show because I got hooked. And it is not something you expect. It's got like Game of Thrones level where characters get killed off when you don't expect them to. Yes, somewhat of a spoiler alert, but you don't know what I'm describing. And there's also just things that you don't like think like you think these things happen in the real world. But at the same time you don't think they happen in the real world. And obviously it's like a big what if. But it, it's, it's such a good show. And it's such a mind fuck. That it's 100% worth watching. And it's so far one of the best shows I've watched this year. Uh, it's Utopia. If you have Amazon Prime. Definitely, definitely check it out. And uh, that's it for TV news. I do want to talk about what's coming to the streaming services next month, as, as today is the last day of, of September. So tomorrow, everything starts. On Netflix, on the 1st, you'll get Fargo, Ghost Rider, uh, the Hurt movie Her with Joaquin Phoenix, Superman Returns, Sword Art Online, Al- uh and then War Games. On October 4th, you get the new David Attenborough Nature Documentary. On October 7th, the new Adam Sandler movie, Hubie Halloween, which is his first movie with Julie Bowen since uh, 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 Happy Gilmore. Uh, And then The Killing Joke, which is uh, the wonderful adaptation, uh, so Batman The Killing Joke, the the animated adaptation of one of the best Batman graphic novels. I would advise maybe skipping like the first 20 minutes because they added a whole bunch of bullshit that doesn't need to be there with like Batman and this weird thing with Batgirl, and it's just like, you can skip that. <laughs> um, I don't remember the exact time thing, but there's a, a certain point where you can just skip all that nonsense, because it has nothing to do with the graphic novel, and they just added it for fluff. But other than that, everything else is perfect. It's Kevin Conroy and, and as Batman, and Mark Hamill as the Joker, so it's obviously a stellar voice cast as well. Uh, that's not everything coming to Netflix, but stuff I like and think you guys might like as well. On Amazon Prime, National Security, the Martin Lawrence film, uh, Quantum of Solace, Raging Bowl, and Spaceballs on October 1st. Uh, Terminator Dark Fate, which is the most recent Terminator film, which came out last year, will premiere on October 9th on Prime. And then Battle Los Angeles, I know a lot of people don't like that movie, but I really like that movie, Aaron Eckhart. Uh, that premieres October 27th on Amazon Prime. And on Disney Plus, You have Maleficent on October 1st tomorrow, Simpsons uh, Season 31 on Friday the 2nd, X-Men X2 on October 9th, The Sorcerer's Apprentice on October 30th, as well as The Mandalorian Season 2. So those are the big three streamers, and that's what's coming this month. Now, let's talk about movies. And Disney has laid down the delay hammer. I said that wrong. I fucked that up. I don't even know what I was trying to say. But, anyway, we got a lot of new delays and release dates. Unfortunately, Black Widow has been delayed again, this time until May of next year. Thus breaking a 10-year streak of a a year with an MCU movie every year. So this is the first year since 2009 that no Marvel Cinematic Universe movie was released. No single Marvel Cinematic Universe film was released in calendar year 2020. Now, WandaVision, while part of the MCU, I don't know how that's going to... It's not a release, not a film release, so it doesn't count. But this is the end of uh, a streak, folks. An end of an era, if you will. Meanwhile, we're getting like two or three MCU movies next year. But anyway... Uh, other changes, their film Death on the Nile has gone from October 23rd to December 18th of this year. Marvel's Marvel's Eternals goes from February 12th to November 5th. Shang-Chi goes from November f- uh, sorry May 7th to July 9th. Oh, we're actually getting four. I think we're getting four Marvel movies next year because um, Spider-Man, Shang-Chi, Eternals, and Black Widow uh, West Side Story is going from December 18th of this year to December 10th of next year. West Side Story being the, the Steven Spielberg remake. Uh, and then The King's Man is going from February 26th and is moving up to February 12th. So, luckily that isn't delayed too much anymore. But that is it on the Disney MCU movie release schedule. It's unfortunate, but understandable. And, uh, I don't think a lot of people just feel comfortable going to the movies just yet. And Disney and Marvel want to make their money on Black Widow for sure. Uh, Also announced, uh, let's jump over to DC for a second here. The Snyder Cut will film new scenes in October. Uh, A lot of the principal cast will return. This is per Variety. They did report that Henry Cavill would, but then Henry Cavill said he wouldn't. They did say Ben Affleck, Gal Gadot, Ray Fisher, surprisingly... Uh, would all be back to film some scenes, despite HBO saying that they wouldn't need them. And I, I don't know. I, whatever, cool. I'm for it. All fucking for it. If if it means getting stuff that Zach wanted to finish that couldn't, and he's ditching all the wedding stuff or Whedon stuff, however you want to say Joss's name. But more power to Zach, so he can complete his vision. I'm fucking stoked, dude. Sucks that it's gonna be a four part thing, but I'm I'm stoked as hell. And then we got news for the Black Adam film starring The Rock. We now have our Hawkman. Aldous Hodge has been cast in Black Adam as Hawkman, leader of the Justice Society. And Aldous Hodge is known for several films, uh, most recently in the remake of The Invisible Man. Uh, He played M.C. Wren in Straight Outta Compton. He was in the movie Hidden Figures. Uh, he's had a lot of stuff on TV. Um, he's going to be playing Jim Brown, the football player and actor, in, in a new movie called One Night in Miami. Uh, like I said, he was in The Invisible Man and Hidden Figures. He was in Jack Reacher, Straight Outta Compton, A Good Day to God, Die Hard. So he's, he's been around for quite a while. And now he's going to be playing Hawkman or Carter Hall, uh, leader of the Justice Society of America, the antagonist to Black Adam in the Black Adam film. So I'm stoked on that. He's a, He should be a, a good foil to The Rock. And then uh, that's it for DC. Um, James Cameron has announced that Avatar 2 has completed principal photography. And they will be entering post-production. And Avatar 3 is nearing completion of filming. And I'm pretty sure we're nearing the release on those... Or were those delayed like a year? I don't even remember what time these movies are coming out. December 16th, 2022. That movie's a year and a half. Two two years away. Last time I checked, I don't think it takes two years of post-production. Anyway. James Cameron is a perfectionist, so... I get it. (laughs) But... uh, We also got word, I guess, on... When... Indiana 5... Indiana Five, Indiana Jones Five, and why it fell apart, essentially. And it looks like uh, it's because the script. No one could agree on the script between uh, David Cope, uh, Spielberg, and, and Harrison and Disney. I should say, Lucasfilm and Kathleen Kennedy. And and that's fine because you know all these people know what they're doing. Kathleen Kennedy, her first job in Hollywood was on Raiders of the Lost Ark. I don't know why George isn't involved, but at the same time, I do know why George isn't involved. But it sucks that it got delayed and it's moving on to a new director, but at the same time, it's probably for the best. And James Mangold is directing and James Mangold is an amazing director. So I, I am not... Worried at all, and he knows how to make a movie where you, it's a character's end and they reach their conclusion. You know, Logan, <laughs> and I. It, it just it sucks, man. And I get it, and it, it's it's probably for the best. Like I said, and I'm I'm not I'm not worried. You know, there's good people involved. Jonathan Kasdan is writing. He's a good he's a good writer. Uh, he is the son of Jake Casden, so it's it's not anything we have to worry about. That's for sure. As long as John Williams is still alive, we'll have some good music. And Frank Marshall, Kathleen Kennedy's husband, will be producing because obviously you know he's produced all of them as well, and he produces just about every movie made by. Um, Spielberg, even though Spielberg's not directing this one, but obviously he's a producer still. Sorry, I said Jake Kasdan. Jake Kasdan is his brother. Lawrence Kasdan is his father, who is the one who wrote the originals and including, you know, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, things like this. So, Jonathan Kasdan has written Freaks and Geeks, amazing show, and he wrote Solo, which whatever, but that's that's okay, right? His brother's a good director, though. So, it, that family just knows what the hell they're doing. Uh, James Mangold, like I said, will be directing. James Mangold has done very good films. Um, he directed... Uh, Ford vs. Ferrari, great movie. He directed Logan, amazing. The Wolverine, great. 310 to Yuma, I know a lot of people like. Walk the Line, great movie. And... Some other good films as well, and and it's not anyone. He knows what he's doing, and he's the perfect person, I think, for for Indiana Jones. And if everyone can agree, then I think we'll get a good script, because Indiana Jones is not hard like Star Wars, where you don't have to fit and work to like a this weird fan base and shit. And yes, there's a big fan base for Indy, but Indy is more more workable, more flexible than Star Wars is. So. It's history. You can't fuck it up. It's based in reality, so... There's a there's more flexibility in terms of what you can do. Um, not too flexible, as, as we saw with Crystal Skull. But there's enough give that you can play around a bit more. Uh, even with Harrison getting up in age. <laughs> but uh, that's it for movie news today. There is one more thing I wanted to talk about. And that is that Hasbro is bringing back Beast Wars Transformer toys. And they announced at their fan event that Transformers Generations War for Tra- Cybertron Kingdom line, and it's four figures that they've announced, it will include Rat Trap, Cheetor, Cyclonus, and T-Rex fucking Megatron, buddies. That's fucking right, dude. The coolest, the coolest fucking Transformer. Get the fuck out of here, Gorilla Optimus Prime. T-Rex Megatron, which I regret to this day trading away for Dragon Megatron, who, yes, Dragon Megatron is still a fucking badass Transformer. T-Rex Megatron is still the superior version of, of that character. Um, my My main thing issue, though, is that they look a little too photorealistic this time. And and granted, advancement in toys and CG, that's probably what they would look like if the show was out today. But it it's it just it's weird that it 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 it's it's like strange to see. It's not gonna be strange for people who've never seen Beast Wars. And it it's just they so Maximus Optimus Primal Um T Rex Megatron, Cheetor. Rat Trap, uh, Black Ar- Black Arantula, fuck, what's her name? Um, I think Arachnea, excuse me. And uh, they will be coming out soon, later in the year. And now that I'm looking, I guess they're going to be showing up in the... So the toys come out in 2021, the 25th anniversary of Beast Wars. And I guess they are. Some of them are going to be showing up in the new Transformers show that's on Netflix, uh, War for Cybertron. And if that means we get a new. If we get a new Beast War show, sign me the fuck up. That's for damn sure. But the new toys, they look really good. I don't like Optimus Primal because it. He looks like too transformery compared to um, and that's weird to say in 2020 because because transformer toys transformer toys are come off a lot cheaper and don't look as cool, and I know that's a weird fucking thing to say in 2020 because you'd think they'd be even better and like more seamless, but from what I've seen, they don't transform as much, and they just I don't know what's going on with them. But this Optimus Primal looks a lot smaller than the old one. Um, but I am all in for this Megatron T-Rex figure. And it looks even better. Like, that's one that definitely improved over time. Black Arachnia just looks completely different. Um, their Transform versions, like their Robot versions, look the same. It's just their bodies look way different and... Honestly, it's going to be... They're way more poseable now than they used to be. But it's going to be interesting to see how it looks compared to the old ones, for sure. But, and I have my Cheetor still, so I can... Based off the images they showed off, it'll be interesting to, to compare them, for sure. I just don't like the Rat Trap. It just looks too much like a real rat. But those will be out in January... But that is it, folks, for Nixner News. Thank you guys for listening. As always, I am more of a fan of you guys than you are of me. Uh, check out Nixner News when you guys get a chance, or nixnernews.com. You can listen to the show right in your browser, or you can find links to our Spotify, Google Play, and our Google Podcasts and Apple Podcast pages, as well as Spotify. Um, while you're there, check out our social tab, so you can see all of our social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, We post a lot of funny memes for you guys to check out and and laugh at while you're there. Otherwise, like and subscribe, click around, punch stuff, poke stuff, whatever you want to do. Thank you guys for listening. I will catch you guys on the flip side.